Welcome to Between Data and Risk podcast. Today we'll be discussing creating and executing digital transformation strategies. To give us a practical perspective on digital transformation in an industrial context, we have invited Markus Kuhnlein, Head of Digital Business at United Grinding Group. Stay tuned. If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization. Whether it is big data, cloud, data science, or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place. This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations. Hello, I'm Artur Guya, Cognition Shared Solutions Chief Risk and Strategy Officer, and with me is my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Maren Sivak. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Between Data and Risk. Uh, today, we'll be talking about developing digital strategies, and we're excited to have with us uh, today our guest, Markus Kuhnlein, Head of Digital Business at United Grinding Group, who agreed to share his experiences with us. Hello, Marcus. Hello. Great to be here today. It's great to have great. you here. Uh, so let's, let's start with, a, with, with a, a, a question kind of to, to give a context to, to this whole discussion. Uh, we had an episode before on data strategy. We are talking a lot about digital transformation. So what is a digital strategy and how it differs from the, the previous one? Yeah, so, so you know... Yeah, digital strategy is in the end the plan for the digital transformation. So it, it is very close connected and I believe every company needs a digital strategy who wants to go into the digital world and wants to do it um, in, in a good and serious way. So that's why it's, it's really important to think about a plan and uh, to think how to make it. Uh, so every every you... company needs one. So, uh, at 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 you know, at which point should they start thinking about this? Is something that uh, should be part of a formation of a of a company nowadays that you know everything is is digital, or is it something that can come later? When 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 do we do this? Yeah. So so I believe um, today you need to think about digital. You need to think what you want to do in this in this digital world. And that's why I think every company needs to think about it and needs to discuss that. And um, of course, you need a lot of topics to look at. There is a, is a broad range what you need to do, and it's not that easy. And, and that's why it's also so challenging for so many uh, companies. Um, but I believe you have to think about it. Uh, but what, let's assume that we are not forming a, com a company. Let's assume that we have already operating company and we wake up one day and say, oops, you know, the train is already off the station. I need to jump it. Like, what is the first step I should take as a, you know, CEO or, or the business owner? Yeah. Be uh, should I start, in example, with hiring chief data officer or should I try to form some uh, data or, you know, framework of digital strategy myself and then choose the proper CDO? Uh, like, what is the first step for someone who just, you know, woke up and said, wow, I need it now? Yeah, yeah. So, so what, I, <clears throat> what I think is it's normally connected to the vision. 
So, so you have, as a company, you always have a vision, you have a propose, you have a direction, you have this northern star where you go as a company. And normally every classical company has that. And that's why I believe there must be a connection. So you can't just do something digital, which is not in your DNA. And that's why I think you, you first start with your normal corporate vision and that must be connected. So. For example, I, I give you an example. So um, if you think of, of Nike, it's a, it's a big company and um, they have this vision to inspire all athletes in the world. So, so that's, that gives already a direction. So that means also their digital strategy should be connected to that vision and should go into this direction and not into processes, into something else. It should be focused on the athlete. So supporting around your core business, I think, is, is the topic which brings most value and where you have the most experience. So, so that's where you should start with. And then, of course, growing further, going into details and, and making your whole plan and your whole roadmap. But, uh, you know, it's, it's easy well, we to think about digital strategies. In, in terms of companies that are online or that provide a service, uh, sorry, service somewhere, uh, or even even some, some someone like Nike, who is uh, you know they they are a company that even though they have a physical product, they they are they are in the media. They've got a, a lot of online presence. But your company uh, produces you know precision machinery, which is not a, a, yeah. a brand that not not a niche that I would immediately associate with the internet. So how, how yeah. did that idea form and how do you link the vision of your company to the digital strategy? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is, in the end, it's the same way, uh, interestingly, because our idea is to, um, yeah, to, to help the customer. And our customer is B2B. It's, it's not B2C like Nike. It's, it's really other companies. They produce something with our machines. And... Our idea was how can we help our customers to make their work easier? So that means on the one hand side with our hardware, with all this what was there since 100 years and longer sometimes, but also with new ideas like digital technologies. And so it started also from that vision, coming from that vision and growing on, on the side in the end what we do already. And, and what you said before, that's also very interesting, um, how to organize it. So do you need a CDO? Do you need, what do you need for it? And that's mm -hmm. also a, a big question always, because um, on the one hand side, you, you need this organization, which is running. On the other hand side, um, you, you have also the classical organization. So that must be aligned, that must be matching, um, that you can be successful. Okay, so what are the elements of a good data strategy? Because let's say you, we know that it's something that needs to link to, to, to your business strategy. I like it very much. We very often uh, say in our podcast that whatever you do with data or with analytics or AI or you know whatever you do, it's like you should keep it in the context of the business. So what you say is uh, very much aligned with what, what we say. Now, to, to, to be practical, let's say, okay, so 
I need to have a vision. Let's say I have a vision. I want to to sell, I don't know, knives uh, or whatever, and I want these knives to be the best for my customers. And and uh, what are my uh, elements of my digital strategy that I should consider uh, for this data strategy to complete? Because we in our work we've seen multiple incomplete data strategies which were in example focused purely on the technical aspects we will keep data yeah. in this data yeah. lake or in that data house uh, data warehouse yeah. uh, what are the elements that that uh, are let's say required and sufficient in their bulk of a yeah. data strategy which may actually add value yeah that, that was already a great point what you mentioned um too focused on technology and too less on business. So, so what I see is, I see on the one hand side, you need to to build this leadership capabilities, let's say that way. And, and that's, that's again, a broad range. That's um, how to work with each other. That's, that's things like um, failure culture, corp- uh, how to cooperate with each other, um, cross silos. So how do silos work with each other's um, decision-making? That's a lot of things, agile, you name it. So quite a lot of things you, you have to look at and how to manage that. And on the other side, there is the technology part. So how to make it happen with technology? And um, I think only if you combine these two worlds, then you can be successful. You need both. You you can't say, I do just technology and run that. It will never happen because you, you will crash with your organization. And the organization, when it's not supporting you with your um, ideas, then it will never work on the markets. So yes, we, and on, on the flip side, you 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 sometimes get digital strategies which are purely focused on the outcome, ignore the technological capabilities, and they they crash and burn yes. because someone someone thinks, oh, we we want to achieve this, and then the technologists look at this and uh, they, <laughs> yeah, they 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 and, hold and, their head, and then they oh. hear, don't tell me about the problems, you know, talk to me about solutions which do not exist. Yes, <laughs> yes. absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So let's let's stop on the on the business side because let's say the technology side is I think un, undiscussable in any finite amount of time uh, because number of possible technological solutions and also uh, number of heuristics of selecting the proper technology solution for a problem. It's uh, we could sit here for a month and discuss it by yeah. case by case. <laughs> Absolutely. So l- l- let's focus on on the I would say this managerial perspective like what are you you mentioned agile we had we had a an episode on on agile but what are the elements like if you would sit with with the ceo of the, let's say reasonably sized company and he would be just like you know okay i have a blank piece of paper like what are the three main points that i need to to, to start discussing with my yeah. people and building yeah so so you you know we come from the industrial age we come from a very hierarchical structure from the past and and uh, if you look at industry companies are old companies are grown since 50 years 100 years quite historically and there was always this dna or this idea that the the manager tells the people what to do and mm-hmm. This is now changing, or this is changing with with um, the digital um, transformation. So we have now people everywhere which are 
very intelligent. They are experts. They are great in what they do. And they need to tell us as a company what to do. And, and that's this change to enable and to, to give the people the power to do that. And, and this is this cultural and leadership and uh, yeah, this transformation. And that's why it's so hard. It's, it's not just done um, yeah, in, in, in weeks or in months, it's, it's years it takes. And it's a, it's a journey. It's a long journey. I'm now waiting for Marian to give us his favorite quote from Steve Jobs. Come on, Marian, <laughs> you know you want it. You don't hire smart people to tell them what to do. You hire smart people to tell you what to do. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now it's, it's, uh, so the, uh, the employees obviously, and uh, actually I'm, I'm in the process of writing an article about how com companies should really know, you know, listen to their, their, their employees. And, uh, we've done, uh, also an episode of how, how companies should listen to their data, uh, even if they don't like what, what the data is telling them. Uh, so creating this digital strategy and connecting connecting it to the business pro should 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 provide that link so are there really two digital strategies uh one for external kind of uh external facets of a company and one internal uh because th those those yeah. aspects so, so seem to me a bit disconnected well not disconnected but it should be treated slightly differently right yeah Right, right. I also see that. So, so what can you do as a company when you do digital transformation, when you work in this digital world? So I see also there is the one side which is more on the outside. So, so depending also on your culture, how you are structured as a company and what you do want to do. And that's more this, um, I create something new on the markets. I create new products, new business models, whatever. And the other side is, often very focused internally, like processes, like optimizations, like, um, yeah, smart production, whatever, how you call it. And I think it's, it's on the one hand side, the idea of growing your turnover, growing your company, and on the other side, more the cost focus. So how can I be smarter? How can I be smarter in production in the things I do internally? And I think that's that's very important also to see these both sides and to decide where to focus. So um, we have limited resources. We can't do everything. That's what my experience is. I, you know, we 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 work with with processes and mapping them, and then they can be used for for automation or uh, we interwine the data used within the processes. So let's say we are very much yeah, into, into this internal operations. Uh, but I'm thinking how to make it because you create a documentation and Arthur usually says that documentation is obsolete at the time of you know, publication. So what's your advice uh, to keep the documentation of processes or, or, or the strategy actually uh, alive uh, like how uh, because in especially in the big companies usually you have so much documentation that it it's overflowing it's cornucopia of papers that you should read and you wouldn't have time to actually you know, work uh, so the question is how not to make a digital strategy yet another dust collector on the shelf of some you know 
those limiters. Yeah, yeah, that that's a, a very good point you mentioned. Um, yeah, that uh, I think it it needs to go into the the um, yeah into the company's culture. So it needs to flow into the company's culture. So you can document it and you can have the documentation, but if you don't live it, then it will never run. And um, I think this is a core part of it to bring these ideas, um, how to, to make your transformation, how to run your new, new businesses, whatever you do, into the, the culture of the company and into the people's minds. And that's that's this process. And that's our things you have to consider there around that. A lot of things in the end, you, you, you can do a lot there. And um, if you have that integrated, then it's, it's easier to run it. It's almost a kind of uh, now not natural uh, question that comes immediately afterwards. Is you 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 mentioned a change in culture. You mentioned a, a change in uh, in kind of in the process in the approach uh, that uh, uh, businesses should have towards their employees. Does that all kind of imply a development of completely new business models? Uh, that because we, we you know you, you mentioned we we've got we've got companies which are still coming out of of the industrial age and uh, we've got hierarchies uh, should should we emerge kind of more mature into completely new as yet maybe undefined or or being defined uh, business models that that will be more suited to a digital uh, strategy implementation and and actually adoption yeah yeah <clears throat> i i think so yes i i think it's it's also a, a big value um to use digital technologies and create new business models because i think never in history was a technology that's scalable as it is today so if you think of you create a model you you have a platform whatever it is you can grow much faster than producing something I always see it with our machines. It's it's a lot of work to produce such a huge machine, and mm -hmm. um, it's it's a lot of you need people, you need resources, um, you need um, logistics, you need factories. You it's a it's a huge huge process, and um, in the end, <clears throat> your your um, earnings are quite small in comparison what you put into that. And if you compare it with uh, with a digital technology, you just can scale it. You have um, 100 users, you have 1,000 users, or you have 10,000 users, but you don't need always to invest these many resources as you build one machine. It is, this and, is and not this why it, in, why, why yeah. it interests me uh, in the aspect of your company, because uh, uh, you've got, uh, if, if we invited someone from, uh, from a, a company that is purely online and their services are online, they would be talking about about this growth, and obviously their business model is already very much entrenched in the in the internet. But uh, a, a company like like yours, when when you say you've got you've got a complex product that needs to develop it from 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 scratch, and probably the the, the uh, mindset of people who who work on these very very precise machines is 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 very far from from oh let's let's just cobble something together and see if it works, right? Because that's that's very often what we yeah. get online. Yeah. Let's cobble something yeah. together, see if it works. If it doesn't, we can always take it. Whereas with with those machines, I ha I have a lot of respect for for precision machines because I I, I play a bit with three D printing, and the amount yeah. of tweaking that's required for that is just <clears throat> yeah. mind boggling. Uh, 
Uh, so you just compare how, how do you 3D printing to the precision Sorry? machinery that you just compared 3D <laughs> you know, printing to the precision I, machinery. But, uh, but I said I have, I have a lot of respect for it, right? I didn't say, but, oh, yeah, it must I be easy. But I have to tell you, we, we produce both. So we have already also a 3D printing company. So, so that's our own invention. It's a very huge 3D metal printer. So um, 9.2 tons, I think is the machine wow. so very huge and um, that's a very new product half a year old so we also go into that direction but that's also exploration that's trying so, how, so much, how, 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 how would how, you fit, fit that into your digital strategy how do you fit a 9.2 ton machine into your digital strategy it's it's completely integrated no <laughs> um, um, how let's say let's say it that way um 3D printing is a process which needs, in the end, high precision machining. Mm -hmm. So, so you mm -hmm. print something, but it's not precise. So, it's it's um, you have the part then printed, but you need to have further optimization. So, you need grinding or laser or whatever technologies where we come from. So, the idea is also to say, let's use. Um, we can offer perhaps the whole supply chain in the future so that's far away in the future but that's an idea or a vision for the future so how is we it print digital? and make it precise how, how, is it how, how is it digital like how the digital strategy helps here because i can imagine that you know this this innovation process could happen in the some some laboratory by the guys with melting machines and uh, you yeah. know yeah. Uh, using you know torches instead of uh, you know electric lamps so uh, yeah where does the computer come in and how does it help, really? Yeah. So so what I think here is happening or could happen, that's also a, a future prognosis. We don't know. But it could be more decentralized, everything. So um, what we have now, big factories with many machines, um, we could have that decentralized. So you, you have a 3D printer and a high-precision machine, and you can do that somewhere in the, in the, in the jungle in Brazil, for example. And, and why should you do that? That's the other point. Um, imagine you, you um, go there by train, to, uh, by, by plane, and um, you have a problem with your plane so there is a high precision part in the plane which breaks and then you need to wait for the supply chain so it's delivered from europe or from china so it takes weeks until you get that part but what if um, that part could be printed at a place where you have the problem and also made precise and um, of course, you need to have this pattern then, and you need to have the digital information. And there comes digital into play because there could be, let's say it's a blockchain and we transfer this pattern, this 3D model to that printer from, yeah, from the owner of this model. So, so there are a lot of, let's say, games or playings you, you can have in your mind um, how digital can support the future. And I think that's endless. And that's the very exciting thing about um, digital transformation. There, there is the, the famous example of, I think, in, in, it was a wrench that NASA uh, sent uh, uh, as a design to the, to the International Space Station. And they pr 3D printed it uh, on the International Space Station as yeah. a tool to help them do, do, do some repairs. 
you know, I, I, I did that last week. My sister-in-law broke, uh, she's a pharmacist, and she broke some uh, um, equipment in her lab. And I helped uh, my, my brother uh, design it uh, on the internet because they, they live like a thousand kilometers away. Through, through, through Zoom, we designed that, that part, 3D modeled it, and then it was 3D printed on his home 3D printer, and it, oh, it works. <laughs> So there's already there's and I think I think scaling it up is 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 really a a, a good good uh, uh, kind of use case for 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 many companies. Uh, do you also do that because that's on the on the kind of uh, uh, on the client side? How far do you go with your precision machines and 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 your offer into um, showcasing that on the uh, on the internet or maybe do you have a, a metaverse strategy which will allow you to showcase your uh, your products in in metaverse for future customers yeah i i think that's um an option to go yes but we are not there that we have yet there a concrete strategy i have to say um where we focus is still on the topic um how to optimize the shop floor for our customers mm -hmm. so how can the customers run all our machines and the other machines normally they have many machines they have not only our machines and how can they optimize this whole process and that's for example products we have already developed we have in the market and we optimize constantly and um in the end, the, the, our customers is, is interested in our machine, but more important is his whole process. So coming from his part to his final prod product. Oh, so it's like a digital product with, with optimization is sort of a... Uh, because yeah. is it, 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 I guess it's not manual service when you have a you know, guy with the, the measuring tape going around and say, okay, shifted 20 centimeters left, uh, uh, actually eight. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, I guess, the, it's actually a pretty interesting idea. But when you think of digital strategy, you should think of new digital products accompanying your physical product, which increase the um, applicability or ease of use or customer satisfaction of, of uh, physical I, yeah, products. I can, it's, yeah. I can feel the words digital twin crawling towards this conversation very quickly because uh, I, I guess this is this is <laughs> yeah. how it's done right you create a digital twin of your shop floor and then you optimize it digitally before yeah. you actually implement in, in the it. end we, we we have um at the moment a, a product which um customer uses we call it production monitor and it's connecting the, the customer can connect all his machines and then he sees all the information about all his machines, all his production. And the basic information is, first of all, is the machine running? And that's already what we see a big step for many customers. They, they just don't have that information yet. And this is what we see as um, more digital people as a very basic um, information. But it helps already a lot to know, oh, OK, my production is stopped. I need to do something. The operator is not there or whatever. So do you see then a progress from monitoring, your passive monitoring, to some sort of more active monitoring to full control of the shop floor by a, yeah. an algorithm, yeah. AI, ML? Yeah. So, so that's um, that's also something. That's a very, very interesting point, because what we see is is two directions. The one side is this this idea what you describe as is called the dark factory in the end. 
So you have a dark factory and it runs. That's the one side. You have that for several products, but there are also a lot of products where you need a lot of human know-how. And um, this is very interesting to see if you talk with guys, uh, people who have worked on a grinding machine, for example, for 20 years, they get a feeling for this machine. So they, they touch this machine and they look into it and they hear something. And these are things I can't hear and I can't see and I can't feel. So, so they have this experience I don't have. And what we are doing there is we call it human machine teaming. So we want to create a kind of, let's say it AI, which could learn from such experienced people and also train younger people. So, so it's both. It's um, yeah, taking the information and giving the information like a, a friendly assistant, which is helping you to understand what's going on in, in this machine. So, so that's why we see both directions. And I know that uh, if we look at competitors, they focus a lot on this dark factory, on this, I have a fully automated production. There are no people anymore. But um, we, we see the tendency also in this side with this human machine teaming. That's actually an excellent, excellent uh, idea because I'm, I'm guessing once you move completely to a dark factory, one thing you lose is that experienced personnel who can then take their, their knowledge and provide the insight for further innovation. Because once you, this, this has always been kind of my, my slight problem with, with complete automation. People will start moving back and, 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 and losing the touch, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the kind of the, the yeah. sci-fi trope of, People being yeah. so so dependent on technology that when it breaks, people just die because they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, uh, so, absolutely. Uh, giving giving back and actually actually teaching people AI, teaching people rather than people teaching AI is 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 is, is an excellent concept. It's yeah. um, bidirectional, I would say. So you take someone's yes. experience yes. and you because in. Yeah, so you, you need to you need to have a, a a change almost in the in the mindset now where people need to be receptive for that kind of bidirectional uh, communication. Uh, I guess younger people are 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 naturally receptive, uh, <laughs> but do you do you also get uh, how 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 do kind of more traditional businesses uh, react to this this kind if you come with your your digital strategy to a company which is already operating and they've got, they've got their their op machine operators very experienced guys with you know years of of uh, you know they can hear the the tiniest change in the in, in the sound of the machine how do they react to this 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 kind of uh, I, digital yeah yeah that that's also a good point uh, we are a quite traditional industry. So um, mm -hmm. we are not that open. If I look at our customers, they, they have made, yeah, they have made their know-how, created their know-how over years, over decades, and they w don't want to give that just away. So that's why um, it, it's also a cultural change on the customer side. It's not only internal in the company, it's also on the customer side. And they also start to learn and start to understand how important it is to learn from data, how um, to, to um, 
optimize, how to um, improve better with data instead of classical engineering only. So it's also there a learning process. And, and of course, you have very open people. And on the other side, you have people, they just don't want to share something. <laughs> Of of course, and uh, I, I'm so I'm guessing, and the, the the point I'm kind of trying to to, to drive it is that if you're a company that has uh, that that is not completely relying on, I'm I'm not talking about Facebook or Twitter because they they obviously they their target is people who are already in front of computers. But if you're a more traditional company that is um, uh, embracing digital uh, transformation and digital strategy, I think part of that strategy needs to be also n uh, not not how you change your company, but how you change your clients and yeah. take bring them on this this journey with you to to almost make them develop their own digital strategies. Otherwise, yeah. it it will fall on deaf ears. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I see that also. So it's it's this also this um yeah you collaborate more in the digital world. I think this is increasing what was before only um, competition or more competition is now more you build a group of um, people you collaborate with and you exchange ideas, you grow together. And I think that's also something which is new for the industry, for the classical industry. Uh, I know, but... Uh, the, yeah, go on, Marian. Uh, there are industries which are really, I think I mentioned it on, on one of the episodes, like like chemical industry, which uh, the cost of stopping the process is such that introducing any innovation, uh, it's really hard because this innovation needs to be worth and, and change a lot to be to cover the cost of stopping the production even for one day to, 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 to change the process. So I guess this is... Uh, really hard to 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 there are industries harder to digitize than than others but i was thinking about uh this uh, education edu educating your uh your clients or or making them more of your of your partners uh like i guess that when you have a strategy uh it's a group of people who developed it and it's a really good good idea now you need to bring it, and you mentioned it. It's like uh, making it a real change is a is a challenge. Now we added to this challenge, uh, teaching your your uh, clients. Like, uh, do you have any advice on how to translate strategy, so the set of let's say goals and and like you know high level thinking into roadmaps that would uh, actually make it happen? Because I guess on paper everything looks good, but uh, <laughs> You know, and easy, and easy. Yeah. Uh, so, so like from your experience, uh, like I understand, developing digital strategy is a hard work, and there are elements that need to be there. Uh, now we have a strategy, and we've not yeah. done. What happens now? <laughs> no, I, I think it's important to to focus on different areas, on important parts you want to do. That's that's a key thing, and. It's in the end also working with the with the know-how of your company. And and by the way, I've worked also in, in the chemical industry. So I've also done it there, did uh, I, which was very I, exciting. Did I did I say something untrue? Because you know, I uh, 
just I like to check myself, and sometimes what I believe is true uh, no longer applies. So, did I? The things that I said are they still valid? It's like is it still extremely expensive to innovate? Yes, and and the topic is, um, but the potential is is quite huge in in the processes. That's what um, what was my experience from from chemical industry. So you have these processes, and that to produce something is extremely expensive. So it, it's a process industry, and but you have a lot of potential still to optimize that, and that's a it's, that's a big value. And when I see it from that side, um, I was focused with my my group there massively more. On, on internal processes, on internal topics in digital transformation. And today, when I look in the machine industry, we are massively focused on external topics. So we are really, what we discussed, um, focused on how to, to make our customers better, how to help our customers, and how to make digital products in the end. So, so that's, that's also a huge difference. So in the end, I think I think where we've arrived at is is that a digital strategy not only impacts the the the, the core business, or, or or maybe it even to a lesser extent uh, impacts the core business of the company, but uh, today's markets force the companies to extend their their activities by having a a, a digital strategy to 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 a bit more softer uh, approach on the you know soft softer in the sense of software hardware hardware difference uh, you know reaching into develop developing software supporting their product uh, developing customization developing you know uh, yeah. the, in the in the previous episode we spoke to a, a gentleman who talked to us about uh, value creation in, uh, in 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 the metaverse and it's uh, there's there there's every company can present their products in the metaverse and i think that's there that 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 area is still unexplored but yeah. uh, you know presenting your product in the metaverse is i think the simplest and the most basic thing that that can be done there's 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 a lot more uh, yeah. i actually yeah. remember remember a, a story one of my friends told me he works in a in in a related uh, industry in the mining industry uh, where uh, you know they they wanted to explore a, a certain pipeline of of uh, production, and uh, the, the the management asked him to actually do it on physical machines, and uh, gave him a, a, some some humongous budget, and he did it for a fraction of the budget just by doing it in VR. Uh, actual <laughs> analysis of production, yeah. and you yeah. know, so this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing even even with with your company, even design of the companies, and I'm kind of letting my fantasy run free here. Even designing a precision machine in VR can be a, a, a completely revolutionary experience. I think but, it, uh, it's already happening. The, a lot of engineering is done in CAD in in, in vectors. Yes, before yes, before, before you put, it's not like you put to. Uh, pieces of metal together, and you see if they work like they should. There is yeah. mod, 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 modeling. The, the, yeah, the, 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 the modern engineering is. You're talking about. I'm talking about someone driving a Ferrari, and you're you're saying, "Oh, there are already bikes in the world. You don't need that." I'm talking about full VR. You know, you you model it in VR in 3D, and it actually works. And and there's enough, mach- like uh, enough intelligence in the in the system to be able to. Create it and and work it and yeah. do it in co- completely virtual reality. 
Yeah. Yeah. Whether Absolutely. that exists, are, I don't know, but it would be ter uh, terrible, yeah. ter terrific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I've never seen that before, but um, yeah, I guess also it's it's there are more potentials. There are so many potentials, and um, as you know, I, I don't know um, if you saw that we have built um, a, a, a gigantic smartphone in the end for our machines. I don't know if you saw that it's called Core. And no. and we, um, I, I always tell the people it's a gigantic smartphone um, because it looks like that. And you steer the machine with that. And that's also innovation we have done in the last years, quite intense innovation, I would say, quite hard work. And we steer all our machines now with the same systems. So it doesn't matter wow. if it's a, it's a very big machine like um, for production of plane turbines or a very small machine for production of special drills so you steer it with the same system and um, i think that's we call it also revolution um, and and core customer oriented revolution is the name for us and that's something um, where we also see in in our words this is the entry point for us for the digital future so that's the the entry point but we have a, a long what we talked before roadmap of ideas what we want to try and do to um, improve that further to to go to the next steps and and um, in the end to bring more value even to the customer uh, i would I, it reminds me we had a discussion with richard turin on innovation digital innovation uh, labs and we had a discussion about calculating the return of investment for, for digital innovation, but it's not always straightforward. Like, do you have any advice? Because you mentioned we have this, let's say, external part of digital strategy, internal part of uh, digital strategy. Both of them are split into multiple different possible areas of exploration. Uh, now we have some business priorities and we need to somehow uh, align our digital dreams and this guy in Ferrari driving at, at the same time designing uh, precision uh, machinery uh, and you know ability of observing if the machine is on or off so what would be your like advice on how to calculate which projects are really uh, having chances of success or or or, or uh, you may hope for for achieving ROI and and benefit like financial yeah. benefit in the end. Yeah. So so what I see this this governance is is very important to look what runs what runs not and what's very important also is trying small things. So doing um, like MVPs, um, mm -hmm. trying things and then deciding if that's working and if not, then throwing the things away again. And I think that's also a big cultural shift. And, and um, it's not also done in a day. It's also something which takes very long time. And, um, but it helps a lot to try and, and to, um, to, to have the possibilities to go into different directions. Don't invest too much money, but see which direction is running best. And, and I think that's such a secret. Um, it, it's not a secret, but it saves a lot of money in the end. Because I, I'm, I'm guessing you, you very often get asked, as uh, you know, in in your work, some someone uh, you work for comes to you and says, "What am I getting out of it?" Right? 
How how is that yeah. all everything yeah. what you've done? How how much is that to the bottom line? I, uh, you know, I yeah. hate this yeah. bottom line of the of, of the company because it's so <laughs> so narrow. Yeah. But you know, this is this is ultimately the question you have to answer, right? Yeah, well, there is absolutely. nothing below the bottom, so that's why it's bottom line. It's like you cannot get lower than that in your analysis. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's also something when, when you work in such a classical company, it's often very hard to bring this mindset in. So so um, the understanding for us, for it is not that easy sometimes. And I, I work also in startups. As you know, I'm doing also my own startups on the side as side projects. And there it's super easy. So you just do things. You throw them away the next week and you do something else. And you are just super fast and super flexible. So it's it's um, just um, another world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I can see how, especially in a... In in, a, in an industry where a, a lot there's a lot of complication, a lot of precision, and uh, I'm I'm guessing the uh, you know with with the design, if if especially if you um, approach customers, uh, like the Marian said, with chemical industry, stopping the, the the process obviously has a huge cost. With with your industry, uh, I'm kind of maybe extrapolating here, but I I think I won't be far off saying that. If you go to a customer and says we've designed a new a new machine and this one is 0.5 of a percent better than the previous one, but you have to spend another I don't know how the mach- how much the machines are, but let's say another 10 million to get that improvement, the customer will probably not be very impressed. So you have to present them with a quantum leap in 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 innovation. So again, yeah. this is this yeah. is a, a, a very different different approach that 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 you yeah. have to take. Yeah. And and I think that's that's where really digital helps us. With with um, when I look now at at this big smartphone or this big steering system, um, so so people can now much easier steer that um, technology. So that's much easier to learn in the future. That will improve over time. But it's it's multi-touch. It's like a smartphone. So it's not like mm. in the past these these big um, screens and these keyboards and whatever was there. So it's leaner. It's getting easier. It has a camera integrated. So you connect with the support if you have a problem and just tell them what's your problem and you can discuss that interactively. And it's it's uh, like WhatsApp system. You can chat with the support, and uh, so there are all these features in which makes it much easier to go forward and to um, to work. And this is the topic that we didn't touch in this in this discussion, and I think it's it's pretty important: is integration between different business functions. Uh, digital is uh, bringing together, and like I guess that life cooperation between support and i don't know design and engineering teams uh, in the past it wasn't really close nor, nor nor easy because getting someone from the innovation lab from his welder of course and then you know torch lead the arcade uh, to the phone where the client was trying to say something in different language to explain to him what that he should actually plug it into the wall or whatever, what is the problem, uh, was much harder than now when, first of all, the issues are, are, are connected. So the issues that you reach out to the engineer are for sure uh, relevant, but also reaching out to him and he needs to spend much less time to be able to give this life advice. So it connects this 
client-facing uh, part of the strategy with either part of your digital strategy, but also brings uh, verticals together. It's it's pretty pretty interesting yep. To, yep. To the, that digital strategy should be all-encompassing. Having digital strategy for sales is maybe not uh, as beneficial as it would be if you would do it on the on the on the on the enterprise scale. Yeah, yeah, which is absolutely. true for most of the strategies. But here, here, here we can see the the example that this topic just emerged from the discussion. Yeah, yeah. assumption. It's yeah. the it's the conclusion. And and uh, I think also when we when you work on business models and you create new business models, it's also interesting to bring all these people together. So having sales integrated, having technology integrated, having marketing, finance, whatever, people with different mindset. I did that often in, in the chemical industry. And there we, we always made such innovation garages and put a lot of people together, closed the garage for a week, and then looked what is happening. And um, sometimes it was very exciting what happened there inside. And interesting was, of course, there were some some... MVPs, some small products which were developed or some processes, whatever, it went into a different direction. But also the understanding for each other was growing. So the, the marketing people understood, oh, the finance people have these problems and vice versa. And that helped also the culture to grow and to emerge. And I think that's also um, an exciting thing to do. So bringing people together and doing design thinking, working with them on, on such innovations. I, I, I would be afraid of bringing a lot of people into one place and giving them chemicals which can go boom. It's like... Somehow I would have my doubts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's 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 a powerful concept. Bring bring people uh, bring people together. We we had a, a whole episode with Jamie J about about bringing everyone in the company together and and making them, uh, giving them the, the the opportunity to learn from from each other. And uh, as you, as you said, uh, Marcus, the 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 technology that we have the, and and part of digital strategy should should be to enable that. Because uh, nowadays, more than more than ever, we've we've got the 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 information and touching on information. A, a recent project which Marianne and I did on mapping uh, data flows in a in a company that kind of in in a very very natural way showed us that uh, you know, data from support goes to the developer to development to R and D for new products. Data from from marketing needs to go there. Data from marketing needs to go to support. It, it, there's, it, you know, map, mapping this. What, once, once you get a clear vision of of where the information in the, in the company goes, you, sud you suddenly you can show people uh, in a in a very uh, palpable way that they all are in it together and they all really depend on each other. It's not really verticals because the, the, yeah. the vertical yeah. kind of structure. It's it's. Part of the the old age of that, the past that, that, that we talk, spoke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Now, yeah. Nowadays, it's all it's all linked, and it needs to be linked. And uh, it's it's great that you mentioned this. That part of the digital strategy needs to be that inter interconnection. Uh, yeah. So, uh, in uh, in in summary, uh, kind of to to build this 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 kind of digital strategy, we need to we need to get in there as early as possible, if I understand correct, correctly. 
get get the whole whole company together and start thinking about uh, you know we've we we discussed the the external facet the client facing facet we we discussed the internal uh, side where you, you know your company can be completely changed if you really embrace working digitally and uh, and and kind of listen to what 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 your people are saying listen to what uh, what your data is saying uh, and and you know just just uh, be agile is, is is another i think conclusion uh, so uh, to 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 kind of give uh, people a bit more insight into into the the ideas that you you mentioned that you you uh, you have your own um, startups you also publish i saw quite a lot of your your posts on LinkedIn, uh, which which are very interesting. I especially like the recent one where you discuss discuss the cultural differences between uh, mm, uh, different okay. uh, different negotiations and and and, and discussions. Uh, that, that, that was uh, I think very very powerful. Where can people reach you uh, elsewhere? Yeah, so so LinkedIn. I'm active on LinkedIn. And um, of course, um, United Grinding, that's my main job. <laughs> and then my side job, my, my most important one is, is Quarero. Um, that's a student platform. And, and we connect students and company. And of course, it's also innovation. So um, the idea there is if you have a problem as a company, so you need uh, something to be developed you need a marketing flyer you need a video whatever it is you can put that into the platform and we match with the perfect student worldwide and that's quite exciting very international we worked a lot already in africa in asia in in different countries and and that's quite also very exciting to work with really young people and see how they get started in companies and um, so that's also a potential oh, to reach me. Yeah, then then we need to we need to connect you to some of our Link previous it. guests uh, uh, because uh, that we we had episodes with uh, with with guests who spoke exactly about those those kinds of problems. We had the president of the North Idaho, oh, okay. with whom, which whom we, we we talked about his approach to getting uh, students uh, kind of work with the business and developing developing the skills this way. I thank you very much, Marcus, for uh, for the time and for sharing with us the, the, the insights. It was it was very interesting and very practical, and I think in a in a certain way uh, uh, made more uh, more 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 tangible by actually discussing an example not 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 a digital company, but discussing a physical, real world, you know, heavy industry company. Uh, and as always, uh, let's hope it was of use to someone. Thank you for listening. As usual, we'd like to recommend you check Marcus's post on LinkedIn, where he frequently shares very insightful content related to digital transformation, communication and business. All links to the references will be available in the notes to this episode. Also, don't miss the next one where we will be talking about data strategy. To discuss with us the details of data strategy approaches and the place of data within digital transformation, We'll be talking to Sami Sharma, CEO of DataZoom, a data strategy and analytics consultant. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit bdr.show to find out more about future episodes and guests. 
You can also check out Cognition.llc for more information on Cognition Shared Solutions, our services and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siviak, and my co-host, Artur Buja. Thank you.